for, uh, I just for have general everybody. questions that could okay. apply to anybody. Okay. So I'll let well, you I'll start, see. and then we'll kind of um, trade questions. If anybody else has questions, feel free to mix them in. But we want to hear about. <coughs> well, recently, as you all know, we we talked about helps and mercy, <coughs> and I think these two ministries really exemplify and and model those gifts really well through ministries that we we do here at Otter Creek. And they've been around fairly long time. Um, I don't know how long we've been doing rooming in on Meals on Wheels. I know when Ray, the Ray Wayne Reed Center started, because we were new members here when the concept was being developed. Um, so, um, Dana, do you want to start and just explain maybe what led you and them to take rooming in over, how long you've been doing it? And I know you have a story you wanted to share about that. Um, and, you know, really, how people can get involved, because you are always meeting people and, and what those, you know, what that entails, what people are needed for. Sure. Well, I think Sandra was here when they <coughs> started, uh, at, when Otter Creek started getting involved, and I think it was, has it been 30, 30 years? I don't think it's been that long. I think it was mid-90s, maybe. Debbie okay. Samuel was a right. connection. Right. There were three churches. And Father Strobel was one of those. I think Jackson Street was another one. And and last name was Olive. Uh, what was his? And Debbie Samuel was the third third person. And she talked out a creek into agreeing to do it. And to tell you how much Outer Creek has changed, they put a deacon over Debbie Samuels. <laughs> <laughs> To make sure the money and all that stuff went through through a man. That's a long time ago. But that I think it was early to mid nineties when she did that. Okay. Well, <clears throat> Jim and I came here about eleven years ago, we think, and it was soon. We, we had, and so we, when we came, it was at the old building, and then we moved here, and soon after we moved to the new building, um, the Littles asked us if we would be interested in taking it over. And I had two very small children, and I was just like, I cannot be anywhere every Tuesday night during bedtime. I just can't do that. And so it turned out I didn't have to be, and I had no idea what we were getting into. But Jim felt pretty strongly about doing it, so we took it, and, uh, and I've learned so much over the years about, um, about just about the ministry as a whole, and Father Strobel is truly one of my heroes, and I, I just thank the world of that man. Um, but Otter Creek <coughs> hosts Room in the Inn every Tuesday night, beginning of November through the end of March, so during the coldest months of the year. So we send our bus downtown to the campus, and we pick up 12 people. Most of the time it's men, but um, occasionally we will take women, and this year we took, for about two months, we took a family of 12, a mom and a dad and 10 children. There are 10 children. And it was very challenging for those who hosted and uh, provided for them, um, but it, I do think it was a blessing as well for, for several Otter Creek people. Um, but we bring them here, we feed them a hot dinner, and 
sleep here. And we have mattresses and uh, partitions that try to give them a little bit of privacy. And then the next morning they get up super early, I mean like five o'clock, they eat breakfast, a warm breakfast that someone has provided. The overnight host serve that. And then someone else has provided sack lunches for them. So every one of them leave our building the next morning with a sack lunch that they take back downtown with them. So um, for volunteers, we need people who can fix breakfast. And a lot of times that's a, a, an egg casserole. Sometimes that's hot rolls or um, sometimes it's just sausage and biscuits from Jimmy Dean that we heat up, you know, but we like to provide something hot. And then we like to provide fruit and juice and milk and cereal and stuff too. So somebody provides that. You don't have to come and serve it at five o'clock in the morning, but to provide that, provide sack lunches and to come and provide a, a hot dinner. So usually we do ask if you're gonna provide the hot dinner that you come and you stay and you serve it and you eat with them. And that, that is a really neat experience to provide um, that hospitality to people who um, are cold and don't have any place to go. And they're very appreciative 99% of the time <laughs> of, of that. We have a closet down there where people donate clothes not golf shirts and not sundresses and not sandals and stuff like that, but undershirts, underwear, socks, sweatshirts, pants, coats, things for the warm, I mean for the cold weather. Um, and so they can go shopping in the closet while they're here and get what they need. Um, so lots and lots and lots of people donate things during, during the season for that. Um, and uh, so that's kind of the, the way we set up volunteers for, for that. We need two overnight hosts every Tuesday night, so we haven't gotten to the point where we have women do that. It would have probably been really helpful. I did it for you. I, I, I was going to get Jerry to that. Was <laughs> <laughs> when, when Jerry no would problem. come, Sandra would come, and they would bring a lamp and put it in between their beds. So Jerry could read. And Jerry would pretty much stay up all night and read or work. On his computer on his computer and so um, I think they both just got to a point where they were like we couldn't get up on <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it but <laughs> yeah they were done sleeping on the floor <laughs> so um, anyway that was so great and we would love to have married couples who would do that it's just that you know this church is it's got so many young families it's hard to find a married couple that has that time and, and, and ability to just come and spend the night. But uh, it would be great to be able to do that at some point, um, especially when we have the families over. Um, I think that would be good to have um, some women around. But not that men aren't capable of that, because I know that Eric and Lance Brock and Greg Harvey and lot, a handful of other guys really helped with homework with those kids. and. Um, Helped get them ready for bed, and I just mostly played basketball. <laughs> wore them out. <laughs> you wore them down. Yeah. So um, anyway, it's kind of a different group. You never know what you're going to get. So it can be a different dynamic every Tuesday night. Um, but I did want to share uh, two two very short stories. One uh, that is personal to me. Um, when my dad passed away, my mom and I both hung on to some of his things and just, you know, just some things that we just couldn't bring ourselves to get rid of yet. 
And so after about a year, maybe even two years, um, I had brought some of his things to Nashville um, to give to Reverend Ann. And so finally I took them to the closet and I hung them up. And I'd done it that night, that Tuesday night, and my life group was serving that night. We were serving dinner. And this man went in there and got a shirt. And my dad's not a big person. I mean, he's not much really taller than I am. And uh, and, and honestly, most of the people who come through Ruin Inn are large to extra large people. And so I really didn't know if anybody would even find anything that fit them with, with this stuff. So this man goes in there and he puts on one of my dad's shirts and he comes out and I just was like, I mean, I was kind of frozen, but he kind of had this, and my dad was a very sharp dresser. He was a salesman and he dressed very sharp, even on Saturdays, <laughs> he, after he mowed the yard and washed the car, he was a sharp dresser. So this man comes out and he, and I saw him and I like ran to the bathroom because I thought I'm, I'm going to be teary, you know? And so I ran in there and Marlene Butler came in there and she said, what's wrong? And I told her, she goes, get yourself together and get out there and you go tell him, you go tell him that's your daddy's shirt. <laughs> so I did and it was just like, he had this pride about him and he was just standing up straight and he goes, I don't feel like I look homeless tonight. And it was just the sweetest thing. I was so, it, I was just so excited that he had himself a sharp shirt that he could, you know, feel not homeless for the night. <laughs> But, um, so it just, I don't know, it feels good. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything, but it feels good, you know, to serve. You walk away feeling blessed. Those men, I, I think that they feel blessed, but you walk away from those nights feeling blessed as well. You do, you will, if you, if you do it. Um, and then I have one little funny story that a, a very close friend of mine, and I forgot to ask her permission, so I'm not gonna be able to use any names. But um, her family was serving one Tuesday night, and um, they got some games out. And so her son, who I think was probably late elementary, maybe early middle school at the time, um, was playing checkers with one of the homeless guys. And so my friend looks over, just, you know, just her <coughs> heart was full, and she kind of felt a little prideful, you know, just, oh, I'm so proud so sweet, you know, and um, just loved watching her son play play checkers just so, you know, comfortably with this homeless man. <clears throat> and then the next thing she knew, she was standing close enough to hear him say to the homeless man, can I borrow a dollar? I would like to go to the cup machine and get a cup. Do you remember that if you were in here? 
Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe now you can see. see <laughs> and I wore my contacts today. You I should have worn my glasses. Yeah, but I didn't wear my glasses. <laughs> but yeah, dear friend, that people cut steel, like even last week, somebody said, How are the Arnett's? I'm like, Somebody that knew me. Yeah, I don't know. Go ask them. Anyway, anybody have questions for Dana? Did you have more? Well, I have one. I have a list of five or six questions, but we're not going to get to all of them. But the question that I'm kind of really focused on that I'd love to hear from all of you on, but y'all can be thinking about it. Um, has there ever been a time where you have felt afraid? Um, whether it was you know before you committed to taking the leadership of this on, or maybe on a Tuesday night when you were <coughs> present with people, but has there ever been a time where you felt I was definitely afraid when they asked us to do it because I just didn't think we could. I just didn't think I had it in me to try to organize volunteers for for so many slots, for so many weeks during the winter months. And, um, you know, so I, I, I gathered some people that, that helped me. And um, Carrie Dunn helped me set up a Sign Up Genius, and that has been genius. Um, so, yeah, I get scared a lot during the winter times because there are slots unfilled, and maybe that's not the, the fear that you're talking about, really, but it, it, it's nerve-wracking, you know, sometimes during the season when the slots aren't filled and we have to put, a, you know, uh, an alert out on all the social media that we need help, but somebody always comes through, always. Always, 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 somebody comes through and helps. And that's what's so beautiful about the Sauter Creek family is that if they know there's a need, you know, they do it. And uh, they step up. Um, and I will say, this is not fear. Maybe it's based from fear, but there's definitely some discomfort when we are serving here on a Tuesday night with homeless people. Um, it's so easy to just stay in the kitchen and let the rest of your life group sit with them and mingle with them and give the hospitality. <clears throat> but um, you really miss out when you stay in the kitchen and you don't try to, to um, just chat with them and hear about what their day has been like. And they may not want to chat, and you can pick up on that pretty quick. But um, <clears throat> you just, you know, what? It, it's not easy to, to try to conversation. You know, where are you from? <clears throat> I don't know about that. You know, they may not want to talk about that right now, or, what you know. Do you do for a living? Yeah, what do you do for a living? They don't have a job right now, most likely. There are some who work, and that's one of the reasons we have to get them back downtown so early. But, um, yeah, there's kind of that, you know, fear that I'm going to say the wrong thing, I'm going to offend one of them, or whatever. Um, but they're usually a pretty forgiving group and gracious, very gracious group of people who are thankful for a warm place to sleep and eat for a couple hours. They're usually open to talk about how they grew up. That's a, a mm. good conversation that I like to yeah. have. Kind of hear their story. I can tell them how I grew up. That's a, something we have in common. Yeah. It's more about their past yeah. that they're talking about. This is a great thing for your kids to be involved in too. Yeah. Oh, they love the kids. They love for kids to be around. Serve, like, we always had them serve their salad. Like, first and then they would come through and get the rest of their food and they loved it. Yeah. You had one scary incident years and years and years ago. Did you know about it? Um, not Dead sure. Dead records. 
a guy came drunk, and they they check everybody before they come, so that no drunks get on the, the bus or anybody with any kind of odd drug-related problem. And one got on the bus somehow, and he began to act out, and other people didn't know what to do about him, and, and they knew Eddie Rucker was down the hall in a, in a uh, an elders meeting, and Wayne uh, Bill Reeder went down to get Eddie. Eddie came, tried to talk to the guy, couldn't talk to the guy, put his arms around him and held him 15 minutes till the police came <laughs> and then went into the police car with him. But he just held him tight so that he couldn't do anything. And uh, so the, you know, we, we laughed and we said, nobody need be afraid as long as Eddie is in the, in the building. And but, usually yes. but yeah. nothing, nothing like that has happened since then. Uh, in fact, one time, the person standing beside me was giving the chicken out, and this man said, I asked for white chicken, and that is not white. You cannot fool me. That is every man after him apologized to her. They apologized for the behavior of the one man. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, and she got the chicken. But uh, they all heard it and they all apologized. They, they're usually a pretty pleasant, mm -hmm. kind, <coughs> and very grateful group. <laughs> yeah. Did I see in the um, bulletin last week that there's another couple that's going to be yes. joining you, yes. taking your place? Um, right now, I, I, I will be honest, Jim and I have gotten to a point where we're starting to get slightly burned out. And uh, so we weren't ready to give it up, didn't want to give it up, but we did bring um, Greg and Annie Harvey on board. So they are going to be with us and to bring some fresh energy and ideas and things um, into the ministry. And hopefully we will um, be able to just collaborate with them and, and do some things that kind of it would be nice to have done down in that area. Um, like the, the women's bathroom now has a shower in it, so um, they're able to shower in both bathrooms, but there's no washer and dryer down there. That's one thing that we'd like to have done. There's no cable down there for TV. We'd like to get that. And those things, there, there are reasons why they're not there, and they're good reasons. It's not just that the church doesn't want to do it. Um, so, but it's things that need to be worked out. And so, you know, and just some other tweakings that, might make it more comfortable for them to be here overnight. Um, so, yeah. That's healthy. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we needed that. So. <laughs> yeah. Do you have the, a lot of the same people come to see after Tuesday? Sometimes, yes. We do recognize people. In fact, um, year to year. Uh, we had, the bus wasn't available one night during the season and I drove Gail Shrigley's van down there to get half the guys and Greg Harvey drove his van to get the other half. And so as we're driving down Franklin Road, I said, so has anybody been to Otter Creek before? And one of the guys goes, yeah, I think I've been here a couple of years ago, which was kind of sad to me, you know, that he's still on the streets, but that's kind of the reality of that community sometimes. It's, sometimes it's just for a little while and sometimes it's a way of life. but. We definitely, like that family, I think they came for close to two, two months worth of Tuesdays. It for sure was one month of Tuesdays that they came. Um, so, 
We're known for our good food. They know. They know Otter Creek cooks a good dinner. When we get our building paid off, then we could work toward finding, making permanent, permanent temporary housing facilities somewhere so that a family like that could go to a temporary permanent building to stay until they got their act together. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be really yeah, nice. I, the church we were at in Jackson, Mississippi, before I came here, the church owned three little houses yeah. in the end of the parking lot, yeah. and we were able to use those for transitional housing for yes. people, and it was oh, wow. so difficult and so messy and so beautiful. Okay. So it was really great. Yeah, you it, was, it was such a hassle. I can't, sure. can't tell you how much, but it was so good. So good for the yeah. church, so good for the people. Not all success stories by any means, no. but, it, but it, was, it was good. You're not, we've not been asked to succeed. Right. Yeah, or not get messy. Yeah. Um, we've just been asked to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> do you want to do uh, any mental Yeah, that has been interesting. I think that they're careful when they, um, uh, when they check people in um, and they say, okay, you're gonna go to Autocrate, you're gonna go to Autocrate, you're gonna go to the Methodist Church or whatever down the road. I, I think that, um, I mean, it's not like they give them a test or anything, but if there's something really severe, I think they keep them, they're more likely to keep them on campus. Um, or maybe they even have some churches that are more willing to take, you know, more severe cases like that. Um, We've definitely witnessed some of that, but it hasn't been to the point where we haven't been able to handle it. I think the, there's only been one other time that we've had to call the police during my, our 10 years or whatever, and that's been because of, of alcohol, not, not because of uh, mental illness. But you know, there's some, there's some real um, quirky personalities and things that you know you just kind of listen to and that's a whole church is like that. <laughs> <laughs> True. What are you talking about? <laughs> Every church is like that. <laughs> yeah. They may not know there is a campus. Yeah. Did you not know there yeah. is well, a campus downtown? Yeah. What's, what's that campus like? Yeah, it's beautiful. They have a relatively new building down there. Um, and so they have different floors and one of the, the top floor has apartments on it now and those are temporary housing for people who are in transition uh, but like during the really cold months a lot of times they'll ask us to take extra people because they have extra extra people and so when they've done, when they've asked all the churches to take all the extras they can and they still have people they will put mattresses and things out in, on their floor in the in the on the floor in their bottom story and they just do what they have to do um, but it's a very nice facility um, nice couches and um, you know they have uh, art classes they have math classes they have um, business classes um, all sorts of things volunteers you know who teach those things that the um, homeless folks can take those classes and um, it, it's I, I would invite you to go and tour at, at any time um, I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's a really neat place. So is it like a homeless shelter of some sort or is it a, an organ is it group at the end 
as a .org type? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. Okay. They have a whole program that, um, I mean, I, I think, to get one of those apartments, you have to be making progressive steps towards, you know, working a program and getting out on your own. And there's a lot of help along the way. Library there. You volunteer there? <laughs> I helped us set it up. Oh wow. Um, so, yeah. It's it's a it's really good. Really <clears throat> there's lots of opportunities there for them. And I've also been there on Tuesday lunches. They um, serve it's a different organization, Mark or Luke twelve or first. But anyway oh, it's one of the gospels. Matthew. Yeah, one of those gospels. Um, where they come and, and serve lunch and um, and so it's really nice to go down there you know just during the summer or whenever and serve um, and you're a waitress pretty much you you take the food to their places and you help clean up and, um, and that is very interesting and uh, fulfilling as well you have a whole program uh, I'm sure it's all volunteer run take care of their feet yep. they got a lot of um, I hate to scoot out, but I'm helping facilitate in another class, so I'm going to scoot out and try to catch the okay. second half of that. Um, you got but, five minutes. Oh, oh, do I really? It's 22. Oh, okay. Dana likes to pretend like she's in 11th grade, so she hangs out with the juniors. <laughs> well, Lee Camp is teaching the class, so I feel like I've gotten a free college class this semester. <laughs> well, Sandy and Robin, tell us about uh, Wayne Reed Child Care Center and Meals on Wheels. Go ahead and start. Okay. okay. Um, we delivered uh, meals on Saturday and Sunday to the residents of the Gurnard Studio Apartments. It's at the corner of 12th and Edgehill Avenue. Um, it's a 10-story high-rise apartment complex uh, designed to house uh, low-income elderly uh, residents. Uh, they particularly have a, a heart for uh, disabled residents. We have uh, one of our recipients uh, has no legs. Uh, Two weeks ago, one of our recipients lost a foot to diabetes, uh, but they have accommodations to help those people, particularly. Um, this ministry was started way before my time, when you may know. We've been here 40 years, and it was going strong then, but it, it was, you drove from house to house to house. You had a, were you, did they, were they still doing that when you were, no? You, Jane, yeah. oh, like that was way before. No, way I mean, before okay. that. Okay. Yeah. It was. We drove many miles to hit all these people. I can't imagine. And uh, that kind of got under you, I think, probably right. got put down into a place, one place where we could go and minister to more people. I I took over from <coughs> Susan McBride, and you know, telling who. All I know Patty Ellis took me around. Yeah. All I know is uh, Carolyn Brandon yeah. stopped me one time and says, I hear you're doing the Mills on Wheels. And she said, I did that for 20 years. <laughs> and yeah. like, I mean, a know. lot of my patients get Meals on Wheels. Mm -hmm. So that's still going to house to house. It's still, 
Well, I mean, now there's a Meals on Wheels from 54 during the week. We kind of we do the we pick can. up where they mm -hmm. leave off, and uh, <coughs> we have confined it to that power rise just for the simplicity of going to one place. We're serving about 17 residents right now. Uh, see, gifts you need is really simple. We've made it super simple. We have an account with the Green Hills Kroger Deli and with the City Cafe over here across the street and you can just call and order your meals and pick them up, charge them to the church, don't even have to pay for it. <laughs> Go take them. If, if, if you or somebody with you can drive a car, operate a phone, <laughs> you can walk, you can do this. So it's really easy. Um, I've seen young people come and be so happy that they can actually do something. You know, carry uh, Brock's family, the littlest Brock can carry a meal and, and with a smile, as Carrie says, hand it to him and say, God bless you or something like that. I've seen older couples who kind of feel left out or passed by keep doing this because it keeps them connected. So all across the spectrum, it's, it's a real good ministry for people to work and serve in. Um, one of my special stories happened actually a few months ago when uh, Charlie has been going with us to deliver meals since he was yay high. You know, we 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 grew, just grew up doing that. And uh, when he graduated from college, he uh, got to come back with us one Saturday and deliver. And one of the guys he handed the meal to, he said, do you see what you're doing? He said, you have two parents here that love you, and they love God, and they are giving of their time to help, and that is the most precious gift of all. And you watch that, you look, you, you notice what they're doing, you know. He, he was preaching to my son. And he said, you know, God bless you because you don't know how blessed you are. You, you see, he was just pointing out to him, look, what's happening? You're, you're just blindly doing this, but this is what's happening. And that, that just blessed me so much because he... He's done it so much, he doesn't think about it now. Uh, we had a really special resident, Ernest Gooch, who just passed away in January. He just loved Ernest, and Ernest loved him. And when he was in middle school, he had to do a service project, and so they had to document it and everything. And so he asked Ernest, could he take his picture with him, giving him a meal, because he had to put it in his scrapbook and all this stuff. And so ever since then, Ernest was, how's that boy? <laughs> Even if he wasn't with us, you know, he, he would ask about him. And then he got to deliver last fall after he'd graduated college. And, you know, Charlie is, and beard and all this. And, and, just 
oh, what a fine young man you've turned into. That, that just warms your heart, that, that relationship, because Ernest has been there for years and years and years, and he took care of his mother, who was there for years. Miss Lula was in her 90s when she died. And to see that continuity. Uh, Sandra and I know Miss Virginia, who has passed on many years I ago. That was very funny. Story. She's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot uh, see Whoopi Goldberg on TV without thinking of Miss Virginia, because Miss Virginia loved her some Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to squeeze it in. Yes, please tell. Uh, she, she said, she didn't. She had all Whippy Goldberg's uh, videos, but she didn't have that last one when Stella got her groove back, and it was on out of Bellevue. She wanted somebody to take her out there to see it. Well, I knew nothing about it. Not big movie. It was an R-rated movie. It was. And uh, was, <laughs> oh, so I, I got her, and she had her walker, and we went out to Bellevue to see how Stella got her groove back. I walked in. There were maybe two other couples two couples. Virginia went right straight down to the first row. I said, Virginia, I can't sit down there. I'm going to have to sit way back here somewhere. So about halfway through the movie, Whoopi died, and I thought, oh, good, it's almost over. <laughs> and it wasn't over. <laughs> and it went on and on until I couldn't actually look at the screen. I was, I thought, I'm glad nobody in here knows me. <laughs> I am so embarrassed about this movie. And so when it was over, Virginia was, she had a husky, low voice. She's walking up with her walker. She says, I'm not going to get that video. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't she tell you she didn't think it was a good movie? Yes, she and, didn't like that movie. And she would have laughed after Whoopi died? <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish she'd have said something to you about that. When I told my friend about this, I said, imagine Billy Graham's wife going to this movie. <laughs> That's what I think. God bless Sandra for going to this movie with her. I had no clue where I was going. <laughs> That's that some of the big, big things. We. You know, we're there every weekend. We have relationships with these people, and that's that's great. You know, we're not just throwing some food in the door and leaving kind of thing. Who was the lady that had her thing on the door that was like, don't ring the bell, don't <laughs> do anything? So we used to do it when our kids, until I had four soccer games on a Saturday, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. But, um, you know, she just didn't want just hanging on the doorknob, and then, I mean, you know, after you do it so many times, he's kind she goes, oh, well, where's that other one? I mean, you know, we were there before. She was watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They, yeah. they do. They, I mean, I'm sure they live in fear in but, that place, a lot of them, but once you get to know them, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it's not the best area of town, and I probably wouldn't want to be over there at night, but... You know, I I got over that. <laughs> yeah, they really, you know, they, they that relationship takes time. So they're so warm. I mean, thank you and God bless you every time you go to the door. And just loving on our kids. 
Miss Virginia kept a scrapbook of all, when we'd give her pictures of our children, she had them in a scrapbook and would know all of their names and, and said she prayed for them. Switzers used to take them home for take her home for Christmas or Thanksgiving and bring her to church every now and then. She called me every Friday night wanting to know who was coming to see the kids. About six o'clock. I remember talking about her. But she had adopted, there were no relations, but she was in her 90s and she took care of this lady until she died. But that was all they had. All they had was each other. twice for people knowing that so-and-so always comes to the door and they, don't and they didn't uh, one they found was definitely out of town and hadn't told anybody but the other one was found in the room dead oh yeah yeah well thank you very much for sharing with us and for your ministry this was, this was good thank you I mean thank you, I mean, thank you.